You are now listening to an all-new episode of Bubble Bath Stories with your hosts, Nikki Trends and Manny Oso. What's up, people? What's up, people? Welcome back. I know you've missed us. We've missed you. Yes, we have. So we have a really well, I don't know if it's fun, but a very important conversation about education. And to speak with us about that, we have a very special guest. Special guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Courtney. I'm a mom, I'm an educator, and I'm a lifestyle blogger living in New York City. Oh, hey, girlfriend. Hey. Hey. <laughs> what, kind of a, what kind of educator are you? I am an elementary school teacher, so I'm in second grade right now. I've done kindergarten, oh. but I've been in second grade for about five years now. Oh, oh bless your nice. heart. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for dedicating your life to teaching the yes. youth. Yes. Um, so, what, so Manny and I, obviously, we do a lot of scrolling and researching. And one of the things that we popped up on was the Kamala Harris bill the family friendly school act Mm -hmm. which if you're not from if you've been living under a rock and you're not familiar with it it's basically a bill that's going to extend the school hour um the school days three hours on the back end so now instead of getting out at three you'd get out at six and it's supposed to accommodate working parents who usually aren't finished with work until six o'clock and so it's supposed to be a safe place one for kids to um you know, hang out, do what they need to do so they're not in the streets. It's also supposed to be accommodating for parents who are paying a lot of money for childcare. And so Courtney wrote in on this. And at first, Courtney, you were like super dead set against it. Yes, I was. (laughs) And so can you tell us a little bit about like what your initial, once you like heard about it, what your initial opinion about, yeah. yeah, about it was? So, of course, as I started to do research, all the headlines were extended school day. And as a teacher and as a mom, I was like, I cannot take any more hours. <laughs> I, I love my students, but I know when 2.20 comes, I'm dismissing them. I cannot fathom adding another three hours onto that. Right. So okay. it was just, it was too much for me at first. But then once I actually read the bill, then I started to, you know, breathe a little bit because it. It's not that teachers are going to be mandated to work those extra three hours. It will be basically mandatory after school where it's not offered in most public schools. So this act or this bill would just make after school mandatory. So you're also a parent. I guess what was your when you also read this, what was your initial thought as a parent? As a parent, I also was kind of hesitant because I already think about this. So I have a seven-year-old son. I'm also a foster mom. So oh, wow. I just think about the amount of time that my children already spend away from me. And I'm like, this is just too much. But then I also thought about it. My son goes to after school. and But it's enrichment. It's not more academics. It's not more work. He plays violin. He does STEM classes. He does chess. So At first, all I heard was after school and just thought academics, academics, academics. But my son does go to after school. So I guess it's in line with what would be offered if this bill was passed. Yeah, because if I understand right, that it's going to be more extracurricular stuff that they're trying to put through with it, not like another math class they're trying to add on, right? From what the bill is saying, that's 
what is intended. But again, that's where some of my hesitation comes from because the wording with the bill is very vague. It's intended for it to be enrichment, but it doesn't say that it's mandatory. So some schools can say that this is going to be three hours of more academic work. So yeah, it's not mandated. It gives the wording is very tricky. So it's not mandated that it has to be extracurricular. It can be academic kind of stuff. So that's why I'm still a little bit shaky about the bill. It all depends on how it shapes up. Well, I guess like implemented. I from what I've been seeing as far as you know the the talking heads mm-hmm. on all the TV shows and stuff, the pundits mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, a lot of them talk about how you know this will the positive stuff that they say. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, this will give them a chess class or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a lot of us especially our listeners have come from not from the best schools, you know, Mm -hmm, we, we mm -hmm. reached out, we got better and everything, but it's the, it's the, it's the schools without the funding and and stuff that we're really Mm -hmm. worried about. What's like the worst case scenario that could happen with them with something like this? Cause they're obviously not going to get a better, like a soccer coach to come and teach them in the, in the middle of the city, you know? Mm -hmm. Again, I, it's very, the wording is very, very vague for those kids that are in public schools right now who do not have any extracurricular activities or they don't have an after school program. Even if they were to have somebody come in, public schools have space. I'm in a public school right now. We have gym space. We have outdoor space. The space is there. There's just no one to come in after school and teach these programs or facilitate these programs. So I don't think space would be an issue. This bill would give money to bring these people in to teach these type of courses. But you just you have to it has to be that it's going to be enrichment not academic so like um i guess because i did after school mm-hmm. once upon a time i don't even remember <laughs> um and i i remember it being fun but i also know that i i'm just kind of wondering from a teacher's side do you think that the extra three hours at school would benefit the struggling students i guess who actually do need help in the academics area I think it definitely would help those children, especially, for example, I'll give you um, some examples with my students. A lot of my students, when they go home, they don't have anybody to help them with homework because English is not their parents' native language. So unless they have older brothers or sisters to help them, they're kind of fumbling through it or they don't do it at all. So being in this after school program, even if they just did homework for 30 minutes, that would help on that end. And an after school program will also give kids incentives, especially those children who are struggling. If you tell a child, okay, if you want to go to after school and be able to be a part of the step team or be able to dance or have art, well, you have to do well in school. You have to try your best. You have to behave. So it gives them more of an incentive to have something. So I think it'll help struggling students. So, um, because you, it's true, you mentioned incentives like teams and arts Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so I guess one of my questions is, is that we see a lot of those things get cut from Mm -hmm. schools. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like, what are we, okay, we have these three hours, everybody's being super vague. Uh, A lot of people are against it being solely academic. Mm -hmm. So do, are we like, is this bill going to try and implement, I guess, in your opinion, Again, no, we're not, we're not, you know, experts here. Uh-huh. But almost in your opinion, like, what kind of happens to those extracurricular activities? If this bill does great, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But also, what happens once you start kind of um, depending on it, and then all of a sudden it goes away? 
that it can either be twofold either they'll yeah. see how good it does and then maybe public schools will be able to carve out something in their budget to offer more after school programs in public schools hopefully whatever whoever the next president is will make this a part of the federal budget so right. offer you know this after school program for public school kids if it does great for five years and then it ends, I mean, I, these children will be where they are now in terms of the ones who don't have it because their parents can't afford it or it's not offered in their neighborhood. It'll be a loss because they will have gotten used to it for right. five years. They will be excelling and then it just stops. Absolutely. And more so, I think, also for the parents because mm -hmm. they get into a schedule that they're mm -hmm. used to now yeah. after five years. Yeah then they're right back to square one because they don't have this bill anymore. I mean, speaking of the parents, um, I'm sure you've spoken to other parents and teachers mm -hmm. and everything about this. So, like, when I was a kid, the latchkey program, to me, honestly, and, and me and all my friends, was just a bona fide babysitting mm -hmm. program, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the worry of that happening? Well, I feel like as long as the program is organized because I have seen like I said my son is in after school I did work in after school week before I became a full-time teacher so as long as the program is managed properly you have the right people who are coming in and you have a program set I feel like you really can't go wrong it's all about managing the program and making sure that you have the right people in place to implement the program which isn't as hard as it sounds. You just need the funding to do it. And um, so I have a lot of friends who are teachers. I don't mm -hmm. know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> and the first thing I thought about, I immediately thought about them when I was reading about this. And and so one of my, um, my internal questions just kind of was, I know they say a teacher won't be obligated, mm -hmm. but then you think about overtime and caps on salaries and all that. Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, do you really think that it's, it's going to stay a voluntary thing? Or do you think like in certain schools, every teacher eventually is going to have to stay sick till six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know in charter schools, that is something that could definitely happen. They already stay late as it is. I know I have a lot of friends who are in charter school, and most of them are definitely not out before 4 p.m., and 4 p.m. is a good day. So in charter schools, it can be where they make it mandatory for them to stay. As far as New York City public schools, our union is entirely too strong yeah. for them to make it mandatory within the next five years. Now, maybe in 10 years, but the way the union is run right now, there's no way you can make it mandatory for a New York City <laughs> DOE public school teacher. Now, outside of New York City, <laughs> uh, it's a little shaky because I have friends in Florida, in Georgia, yeah. who are... Their unions are a lot weaker yeah. and they get made to do a lot of things that I would never have to do. So in New York City, uh, public school teachers are safe outside of New York City and in charter schools. It's a real possibility that this could become mandatory for some teachers. I mean, I'm from Florida and you're right because I can see the custodians <laughs> go home before the teachers. Mm -hmm. it, it gets crazy sometimes. Let me ask you something, Courtney. Just like, just talking real. Don't you think it's weird that like the working structure is nine to five, but the schools get out like two, three o'clock? It really is. And I often wonder, 
I mean, I know from a teacher's standpoint, it's no way in the world that you can have a teacher standing in front of kids from nine to five. The kids would be going crazy. The teachers would be going crazy. It would be chaos in the schools. But then from my perspective, it's why not shorten the workday? I know so many of my friends who are working three days remotely and they're able to pick up their kids. They're working home from more. So their schedules are a lot flexible. New York is one of those places where you don't really have that flexibility if you are a part of the regular working class. And the truth is you can't just have one job, especially yeah. places like New York. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. work one job. Yeah. So, so like scheduling pick pickups like between mm-hmm. two to five o'clock is gotta it, be the work. We lot. don't have kids ourselves. <laughs> uh-huh. But I see it. Like mm-hmm. I'll be at home, like because I I work nights myself uh-huh. at my job. And so I sleep during the day. Uh-huh. And I always wake up to everybody picking up their kids and stuff, mm-hmm. like around yeah. two. <laughs> it gets, it's a lot. It's it's very weird. I'm one of the lucky people where my son does go to after school until five and he has the option to stay to six. And I have a lot of help with my son, but I know a lot of parents who don't. And it's always a scram, always a scramble to try and figure out how they're going to pick up their kids. And it's funny that you say that because a lot of the back and forth between this is, well, why are we extending more hours in school? Let's let's do the four day work week, have mm-hmm. more, more hours. But then you kind of have to think about the, you know, the parents who don't necessarily have traditional jobs yes. that mm-hmm. allow them to have nine to five mm-hmm. or that are remote, mm-hmm. that are working mm-hmm. retail jobs or things like that. And so it's almost like they're kind of getting lost. Yes. In this whole mm-hmm. shuffle, because mm-hmm. even having their kids stay till six doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a great idea in hindsight, but it really needs to be worked out so fine in yes. every aspect mm-hmm. because there's still going to be people that you're going to miss. I mean, look, I I'm when I saw the headline, I immediately looked at comments. That's mm-hmm. I go to the comments. <laughs> look at the comments to see what mm-hmm. I'm in for. And a lot of the stuff is just kind of very privileged. It's like, well, yes. why why are the kids adapting? We the mm-hmm. you know, if you have to work, you should just find a job that's gonna let you work remote. And like it's, you could just not, find a job yeah. that you do this. <laughs> it's people, not always that easy. Exactly. Yeah. Or people saying things like, Oh, well, this is just a, a way to replace um families in the traditional sense where someone said something about mm-hmm. this is to replace family with state. But the reason mm-hmm. that has to happen is because there's no such thing as a one job. That's a livable wage. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that was my biggest concern. I was kind of like, okay, why can't we just make it easier for families, I guess, to be families and be able to be with one another. Right. But I think that's a whole a whole mountain that would need right. to be tackled. <laughs> and this bill is kind of like putting the band-aid on things and just I trying to keep say. things together until we can get the whole work-life balance together. And do you think that's something that could happen unless we completely oh. change our structure? It, it would require a An apocalypse change. and then <laughs> a rebuild. <laughs> and that's what I'm so saying. Crazy, like, it, really like it, it feels like a lot of these things are just bandages when yeah, you're like looking exactly. at a huge wound. Like mm-hmm. we gotta get mm-hmm. doing surgery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Courtney. One last question: uh, Who do you find to be more combative with this change? Is it parents or teachers? Um, I think it will probably be teachers who are in charter schools. 
and mm-hmm. teachers who do not have a say in how their day goes because I know parents whether they're working parents or not working parents they want not necessarily time away from their kids but they want more opportunities for their kids so those parents who cannot teach their child how to play chess or they have children who are interested in dance and art and they can't afford those outside programs then they would definitely want this after school I don't know many parents who will say you know I don't want this at all especially because it's not something as long as it's not something a child has to go to if as long as it's an app option I don't see any parents saying no to this I think teachers who it may become mandated for them would definitely give a lot of pushback because teachers work a lot right they work yeah. a lot yeah so, they do yeah I think it would be more teachers who might be who might question this bill more and have a lot more say than parents well, thank you so much for joining no us problem. and giving us your insight. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. So I'm on Instagram. My Instagram name is at everything Courtney. And I also, like I said, I'm a lifestyle blogger. So my blog uh, address is www.courtneyredwards.com. Awesome. And if you guys want to find out what we're up to, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bubble Bath Stories. You can find me at Got No Time For This. And you can also find me on Instagram at Nikki Trends. Courtney, thank you so much again. Thank you, guys. And for our little rubber duckies, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.